What's up, ladies and gents? Welcome to Basement Side. We're here today to talk TFC. I'm here alongside my friends and fellow TFC broadcasters. Uh, let's do a round of introductions. Uh, you all already know each other, but let's let's do it anyway. Um, how about this? I'll start, and then we'll go clockwise. So, uh, y'all know me. I'm Deeg, aka Darth Greg. Played TFC a long time. Stopped. Came back. Now I'm doing the podcast and broadcasting thing, etc. Um, so that's me. Moving on to the next, uh, Farm Cheese, aka Vat. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up? I'm Vat, as most people know me. I've been playing some TFC for the better half of my teen years. Uh, as we all know, took a long hiatus for most of us, came back because uh, the pandemic kind of took over the world, and then we got, uh, you know, some extra elements added to it, and here we are. Right on. Neon, you're next. What's going on? I'm Neon. I've uh, not stopped playing this fantastic TFC game for the past 20 years. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been around all the all the scenes from competitive, pubbing, and uh, just streaming for many, many years. Amen. Neon Light, keeping the TFC Lighthouse running. Next up, Doug. Hey, everybody. Doug, I was uh, Donuts TCK back in the day. I clanned with TCK uh, starting all the way back to 2000, and then um, left in 2007 for eight years, came back in 2015, uh, got back in it with the in-house crew, because those were most of the people that were left from my uh, TCK and TDA and knock clanning experiences were pretty much the people that were still playing in in-house so uh, yeah i got back up to speed after a little while of playing and getting my ass kicked with those guys um and now i'm uh playing on team stack in this uh lovely beer league <coughs> stack the stacked roster thanks doug matt hi there i am matt <laughs> i am on this show a lot um and yeah i like uh that had mentioned kind of Basically forgot about the game for quite a long time until one day uh, Bad Luck had messaged me about it. Or no, it wasn't Bad Luck. Sorry, it was Omega. We were in Hong Kong and he told me that this catacomb server had popped up and I got reconnected with everybody. And like everybody else, I uh, got forced inside because of the pandemic. And here I am playing 20-year-old games again. And I have, am joined by my wonderful cat Abraham here on the side too. So bad stuff, Abraham? I will, I will pet... I will pet the cat. I'm like Doug did with his dog. So <laughs> my dogs are in the background right now. You're making them jealous. <laughs> well, welcome all. Uh, yes, we have a good mix of um, folks who took a long break from the game, folks who have been playing the game pretty much straight through and kind of with all with throughout that spectrum here on the, on the cast. Um, I really want to get into all of the varying perspectives Um about TFC uh, gone and TFC now, um, where things are going. And, but I think a good point to start the conversation might be um, other than uh, cooing over Matt's various animals, <laughs> would be. They just join in all the time. Would be uh, talking about what's hot, the Beer League. Uh, so the Beer League is uh, run by Frizz, uh, our buddy Vat here, aka Farm Cheese, and, um, and Sug. 6v6 competitive TFC. All the clan names that you see now in TFC are beer league clans. And it's really catalyzed, I think, the community in a big, big way. 
I would curious to hear what everyone's thoughts are about um, what your experiences have been like coming back into the beer league um, after not having this level of clan TFC going on. Um, Anyone start? Yeah, I'll start. I have lots of opinions on this, among other things. Um, I think it's been fun. You know, it, it's interesting because we're all a little bit older now and we don't have our same sort of angsty teenage uh, post-pubescent Speak for yourself. hormones. Yeah. <laughs> so not all of us were 40 when we played back then either. <laughs> no, uh, but it was, uh, it's interesting. I think, you know, it, it's definitely a little more casual in a lot of ways. Um, and I think one of the interesting things that has kind of come of this is that this sort of skill gap that existed at the end of like competitive TFC back in like 2005-ish, like really has started to get amplified, I think, nowadays. Because um, as, as Neon, you had kind of mentioned before, it's like there's, there's a portion of people that like never really stop playing or have started playing again um, kind of for quite a long time. And then there's all these people that came back like within the last six months. And there's a pretty large skill gap that's even bigger than what there has been before, I think. Yeah, I can speak to that a little bit as well, because I went through it after having not played for an eight-year period, uh, eight year period of time. The game had changed. Like, it just got faster. Um, people were better at knowing angles on maps and tricks. They knew how to counter everything. So, I mean, the experience level of people that were playing in the eight years that I left is better than the experience level that even the people that played for the first seven or eight years of TFC. So they got, they got better as the game evolved and coming back into that was a <clears throat> big punch in the face to try to get back into it initially. So it took a while, took a bit of a learning curve and then eventually you can start to ride the wave and get, um, you know, your skill set back as long as you're mechanically inclined to do so and you're willing to get beat up for a little. Yeah, getting yes. beat up seems to be experience a lot of folks are having. Sorry, Neon, go ahead. I was just going to just write off of Doug's comment. It's, I, I do kind of agree and I do disagree to some extent. Um, it is to most, I would say, especially those who stop playing a lot earlier, um, quite a bit of a different game. Um, it is a lot faster. But I'd say even those who stop playing and maybe like, early 2010s 2012 um it hasn't changed all too much it's more more of uh perfecting the game perfecting certain movements certain positions everyone playing 4v4s basically so everyone knows every class in and out sure but you're talking about people who left in 2011 2012 i'm talking about people yeah who left in 0506 and right those, yeah. those people only only played 8v8 and 9v9 and i'm one of them occasional 4v4 i was one of those right? as well. like, so this whole new version of 4v4 tfc where everybody has to be a soldier and a demo and a ng and a and a medic that didn't really exist and you know scout was only utilized on particular maps and now it's used on tons of maps and like the the game did change for those people but you're absolutely right anyone who was around until 2010 it just they just got better at what they were already doing yeah i think that the <clears throat> the move away from the bigger full format of 8v9 to the smaller 4 versus 4 ovd then switch has had huge ramifications on um, the way people play TFC now. And in a way, the Beer League is a real exception to that in that it is a full format. It is still smaller, but um, both teams are playing OND at the same time. Um, I know, like, for me, uh, I, I tend to uh, 
beautiful bow tie there from Farm Cheese, aka Vat. Um, I have always felt like um, I respect O versus D, but speaking like as as someone who comes from that old old school messy TFC clan scene, I find it to be a bit dry at times. Um, I I really respect the need to play different classes and different and different ways. Um, it's almost like it boils down TFC to a sort of a sort of essence of of what the competitive TFC experience, but I feel like it almost loses some of the less competitive elements. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm a, a bit of an exception to that thought process, but I, I we were talking about four versus four, and I think it might be useful to talk a little bit about um, what four v four is good at, which I think Neon and Doug both just spoke to, and also what four v four doesn't do, and why there's a need for something like the beer league to exist. Well, I, I can kind of touch base on that just from the perspective that I never played high level uh, back in the day. And the community part of TFC was always um, pride and, and clout. And you always knew players who had uh, become the best at a certain class or the best mm -hmm. at, you know, ramp soldier on shutdown two or any number of positions on different maps. And that all goes away when you water everything down to four v fours and you know the the game is played in a much smaller um arena if you will and i don't say that like the maps are smaller but the games are smaller you know it's four people playing offense four people playing defense and then you know you swap and then the game's over and you move on and you do it again rinse repeat and you don't have anywhere to go to say wow uh doug you know, just showed out. He was like, he's like the best soldier um, T monkey L. It, it, it just doesn't, it's not like that anymore. Yeah, you can't specialize as much in, in the, the OBD format, right? Right, right. And the league, I think, kind of brings a little bit of that back. But, you know, as the league is transformed through the season, um, I still don't see much of that anymore. I think that when we were younger, we took it a lot more seriously and, that just, um, I don't think that part of the, the game will ever be back, personally. So I, I, you have to have new blood for that to happen, and there's not <laughs> there's not any of that. Well, yeah. I, when I first came back, I would have 100% agreed with you guys that there was a bit of a watering down effect of 4v4 versus 8v8. But the longer you play in the 4v4 format, uh, it is just better. Like, it, you don't run into people at the front door. You don't run into spam. The offense gets an extra grenade pack. Um, the game allows diversified positions. It allows you to play O and D within the same 30-minute period. Uh, the excitement is still there. The same at the end of the game uh, if it's a really close game. And if it was going to be a blowout, it was probably going to be a blowout in 8v8 anyway. So, I mean, there it took a while to grow on me, but after playing it for an extended period of time, I just, I just think it's a better format, and it's a lot easier to follow uh, the offense or the defense from a spectator uh, side of it as well. So you don't have to be lost in the chaos. Um, but that, that took a long time for me to grow, and there is a lot of people that are holding on to nostalgia from back in the day where 8v8 was the way to play. And I totally understand the want for that nostalgia. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get the, the differential, but to me, eventually it grew on me that 4v4 was just better. So just well, better. Go ahead. The game, the game is, you know, the game is the game. And I don't think back then we played the game 
just for TFC. If TFC was was the game that we've all come to love in terms of being um, a fun, playable game, then a lot more people would play. I think the biggest reason why we played was because we aspired to something. You know, um, it, it may sound stupid now, but, you know, you had guilds that people aspired to be in and it meant something. And yeah, the game plays better in a 4v4 format, but in the big in, in, in the big picture, 4v4 is more of a hobby at this point. And it's it's really nothing more than that. It's fun to play. You're good at it. Um, you're not going to see too many more people come in and, and become great at, you know, TFC playing in a 4v4 with, you know, the likes of you guys. But I think that's where the beer league kind of takes the place and says, okay, well, everybody has room to play and it's, it's a, it's a bigger net for more people in my opinion. And you do get more teammates out of it as well, which is good because in 4v4 you're, you got four people you're playing with both directions. So yeah, I agree with the camaraderie side of it. Yeah. And it, it is interesting to watch too. Cause I like, I don't know if I necessarily agree that either format is better per se they're just like it's just sort of more of an evolution in a lot of ways because i remember back you know when i originally quit back in 2005 2006 um the sort of 2v2 3v3 culture and then eventually 4v4 of course was starting to just emerge back then and it was one of those things where like i think people got a lot of flack back then about like being good in the 2v2 open fire scenario but not good when they actually played matches like there were people like that's what's that exists yeah it still and it still <laughs> does exist right like but i i think that it, it's just a different way of playing right um neither really is better or worse it's just it's just different right and you can specialize in both so an interesting thing has kind of happened recently and i'm not sure how seriously to take it but um up until recently we have had six versus six beer league for the last like six weeks which has been awesome right or which has clans. We're even seeing some guild tags come back, which makes me so happy. I love the idea of guilds. Um, and we have 4v4 pickups. These are like the two ways to kind of play TFC at a little more serious level. But now I'm actually there's uh, been a new kind of contender that's trying to come out um, for a 4 versus 4 league. It's an interesting, I think, uh, combination of the two ideas of 4 versus 4, which is a more... I think it probably is a more pure skills context. It stresses everyone's ability to play the most the most of the game possible, right? You got to be able to defend and attack a flag. And um, it also reduces some of the, um, the the messy bits of TFC. You can't OVO. You can't turtle. Um, there's no... You can't grenade your own offense trying to leave the open fire water. There's none of that stuff in OVD, which are all reasons I think people who like OVD would cite as benefits. Um, I think that a counter argument, and it's a little hard to pin down, but I think a counter argument to that idea is one that embraces the mess. Um, so farm cheese, uh, that you were talking a few minutes ago about how it wasn't so much about the game back in the day. It was about the shared identity the group identity of your clan, the shared identity of being in your guild of being a person in the community. It was, um, the game was like the, the platform, but the communities were kind of the real content for people who really went in for that. And I, I certainly felt that way. You know, um, I ran a clan that played 250 matches or something like that. 
And when it went away, I did too, because that was my reason for playing. It was that community. And I actually feel that way now to some extent. But thanks to Twitch, now there's a lot more we can do other than play TFC matches to engage with the game, i.e. what we're doing here today. But to bring it back down, um, do you guys think that there is a reduction in shared identity and the possibility for clan kind of connections to occur in four versus four? Is that intrinsic to four versus four? Is that an intrinsic weakness to it? Or does it just happen to be the way things have gone? Well, I, I think that it's um, less relevant um, because you 4v4 within the community, right? And if you're going to add this league, I think at this point, it's just, it, you know, to, to make light of it, it's, it's, it's going to be a pissing match. And that's really all it's going to be. You're not going to see what we saw back in the past with, you know, like being so entranced with clans doing amazingly well, because we already know that that's going to happen. It's not going to be any surprise or shocker. And, you know, with like Stack, for example, everybody knows what the, the everybody knows what Stack's done and why they've done it. It's not like, wow, oh my gosh, I want to be like Stack. It's like, this is okay, great. Oh boy, here Thumbs we go again. Thumbs up to you guys for playing forever and, and being great at the game. That's cool. But what I'm saying is, is that the 4v4 league is not going to be, it's not going to change anything. If anything, it's going to just make more of the same. And I think that it's going to have the same issues that the 6v6 league has. Um, I think we're going to see, you know, evolution within the league like the beer league has had. So I don't, I don't think you can have what we used to have even it's it's just going to be the same thing. It's going to be 4v4ing pickup style TFC, and that's really all it's going to be. Well, it, it could give an outlet for the super team if you uh, wanted to uh, impose any rules in next season for, um, you know, skill disbursement or team disbursement or something like that. It could give an outlet where uh, the players who really want to play together can still play together if if that's not within a next season format. but outside of that i would agree it's not really going to be any different than uh the regular day-to-day in-house matches or 420 matches except that you might be determined that you can play with the people you want to play with uh that'd be the only differential because right now uh even within the in-house community we don't get to play with the people we want to play with all the time because we're split like Wheaties and I play together on the same team rarely. It's once or twice a week. Like it just doesn't happen. Right. And it's, it's interesting hard... too, because like I think the last, you know, last, when I say last time around, 15 years ago when the league still existed, the way they got past some of that stuff was the divisions, right? Unfortunately, like there isn't really enough people to play in divisions at the moment. And like it, it, there's sort of this like weird reality that we kind of have to, deal with where skill gaps are going to exist unless you do something like Doug mentioned, where you almost enforce like a, uh, some sort of like disbursement of that. But at the same time, that's also like a little bit weird because people would also get better as time goes on as, as they continue playing even more. And the gap should compress over time if people keep playing. Right. Exactly. Ideally. Well, the problem with that is, is that what, what is the future right now? You know, why are we all here? We're here because, it's a very circumstantial atmosphere environment. You know, our jobs have changed. We've had to stay home and, you know, the catacombs came back. And then with that, 
kind of everything became this perfect storm and we're all playing TFC again together. But at the end of the day, we're already starting to see, you know, the complacency and the, and the people, you know, wanting to do their own thing again and, you know, throwing their hands up. Well, I, I don't like this. I don't like that. You know, and it's some people take it seriously. Some people don't. And I think that in order for that to work, where if we were to change things for season two, you'd have to have total buy-in. And I don't know that we have enough total buy-in for that to ever go down the way we would want it to go down. Well, I think that would be something that each one of the clan heads would have to agree upon, essentially. So you just have whatever the team leaders kind of decide, and then that would be the direction that they go. And, you know, if it if it goes that way, no, I don't think anyone's going to stomp their feet and spit their soother out. They're just going to accept whatever it is and either play or not play. I mean, it, it'll be what it is. So I feel like it's a little bit hard because obviously, especially with the situation compared to even back then, uh, with everyone coming back, they want to play with their friends. They want to play with everyone that they know. And the unfortunate fact with the in-house crew stack and even the baiters, um, I feel like it's they're just on a different league. And I hope like I hope the other teams like don't mind it too much with how it has gone, especially with Stack's case uh, with all their matches. Um, but I mean, maybe for the future in the next seasons or something, it would be better to have something like Doug was talking about, maybe split up those kind of players where it would be less of a problem, I think. How would you guys feel, Doug and Neon, as, as people on two of the, for lack of a better word, stacked teams, about being assigned a team for Season 2 Beer League? See, I've thought, of, I thought about this a little bit. Um, I've thought about a couple different things with a maybe a draft, in a way, or limit teams to, like, two max of those kinds of players. That way you still do have someone in that community that you definitely do connect with or have been connected with for however long. So, um, Yeah, it's a tough problem to solve because TFC, I mean, there were super clans back in the day, right? Starting with ZT and Vindicate and there were a couple others. TDA, yeah. Yeah, eventually. Um, there always been super clans because people who want to put effort into the game tend to enjoy each other's company more because you're playing on the same terms. Like, there's not that dissonance of, well, I want to go play PUBG tonight versus, no, let's go do some pickups. TFC's fun. I want to be better at TFC. That matters to me. Like, or I'm going to go hang out with my wife or kids or whatever legitimate reasons someone would have for not playing TFC. It's, I think, very hard to get away from those things that bring the clans together right now together. Like, even within my own, like, little community of mostly ex-TDA and MH and um, and some other folks, too, which is basically two teams, right? That's Team NH and Team 2K1. Even within our community, those two teams have very different expectations and, and internal cultures for the way that they approach the beer league. Um, and I think every team is that way. You look at, like, a team like 13, which is just, I mean, they're, they're trying to find the humor in everything. Uh, you look at, at uh, the two uh, in-house teams, Baders and Stack. And by the way, I want to ask both of you guys to talk a little bit about this. Um, the decision that Doug, your team, Stack, has made 
to, because you, you guys are both responding to a problem, a problem of skill gap, right? And Doug, your team has decided you're just going to play TFC. And I think as someone who's casted your matches, I I understand why someone would be, would be frustrated with you smacking around these less skilled teams. But I also understand why you would want to play TFC anyway, because it's still the game you love. And but I also have been watching the baiters take a very different approach where the goal of each game seems to shift. And there are there are kind of I feel like Neon, you guys set victory conditions that are only known to you guys before you start each each match. And uh, I, I've had a bit of a fun game when I cast you guys trying to guess what those are. So I want to give each of you guys a chance to respond to what I just said. I probably should have just done one after the other, but um, either of you guys jump in. Tell us about that. Um, I mean, yeah, baiters, I mean, we're just playing to have fun. I mean, just like everyone else, we're, we're just trying. We have a group of friends where we're playing. We have, like you said, we have our own kind of idea of what we do in every kind of game, What like this previous Comfort game. Uh, I don't know if you... If you watch the stream or anything, if you watch any of our personal streams of gameplay, but we had our own internal offense versus defense game that we played for mm -hmm. round one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just we want to have fun together as much as possible. We don't mean to disrespect anyone who we go against, um, but I guess that is kind of how it comes across to some people. So I'm so sorry, but have some people taken it poorly, do you think? Uh, yeah, some people have, and um, we obviously don't mean it that way. It's just mm -hmm. we're, I, I, we're, we're just playing the game how we are. I'd, I'd like to just kind of interject a little bit and maybe give some eyes or uh, a voice to those who do feel the um, frustration when they play TFC. So, like, they signed up for the Beer League with the idea that they're going to play a TFC match against a team who's going to play, in their mind, what it what they feel is a proper TFC match. And when you not only get smacked around, but you're dealing with someone just, you know, in their mind goofing off, it's, it, they, it, they may feel it's a waste of time. They may feel like, well, why did I even join? Why, what, like, what's the point of any of this? And I, and I think that that's where the frustration comes. It's not necessarily like, Hey, well, neon, why can't you get your team to play? OVD, you know, style the way that we all know it to be. Why are you doing what you're doing? You're clearly the better team, so just play so we can get better. But I that and that's where the the comment that I made earlier about the buy-in is like we're not all bought into what the vision of the beer league is, and that's that's nobody's fault. That's just the way it is. And I think that when people signed up, the expectation that they had is not what they got well maybe I'll, I'll let neon respond after i just have our our side of it is that we're just generally playing straight up tfc until the game gets a little bit out of hand and then nick will jump in and start stabbing our teammates to make it a little bit more of a closer match he's he's not out there trolling the other team per se other than maybe feigning behind the flag for longer than he should but um like we're, we're generally just playing straight up and hopefully the other team that is capping against us feels good about getting a few caps out against us because they broke through our armor essentially and that they could you know take that as a point of pride or whatever um playing against us as we're playing straight 
So that that's our our definition of it is that we just play virtually to the best of our ability, uh, but not to the point where we want to see a forty nothing game. So I mean, we we do try to put the brakes on a little bit when it gets to that point as well. And I think Neon's side of it, he can respond, but they're they're essentially putting the brakes on right out of the gate. I I wouldn't say it's putting the brakes on right out of the gate. I feel like it's I guess it kind of it depends on the situation of what we plan to do ourselves because uh, there's definitely games where we're just going all out doing whatever uh say like the our first two games maybe um those are definitely out there compared to our later games um i i think it it just it depends it might be just random how things happen hmm. you know as a as a someone who's casted you guys, um, I think I, I I have not had the pleasure of playing against either of y'all yet. NH did play Stack, but I managed to scoot out of that one by casting it instead of playing. Um, my overall impression has been that um, the matches that I want to cast, and you guys have all casted too, so I'm curious how you guys feel about this too. I would like to cast a close match of any skill level. It doesn't matter to me how good people are. You like to see a good skill showcase when you can. Like I'm, in the very first cast we did where Bat, you and I were doing it and Wheaties pulled that crazy-ass move in the flag room. It's awesome to showcase that stuff when it happens. But really, um, it can be very hard to keep up the energy level when there's an obvious imbalance and there's no actual tension of who will win. So um, in that sense, um, I kind of understand the frustration. It's not an easy problem to solve. I don't know if Splitting up these good teams is a good way to do it. I don't. I think it's more likely to to kill the interest of those people than anything else. Um, but um, I'm curious from a casting perspective, how have you guys felt about what's a good match to cast versus what's not? I mean, I feel like everyone, uh, players, spectators, and casters, want the good games. They want those close games, and and unfortunately, that hasn't been happening all too much, which. You, it's kind of out of most people's control, I would say, if not everyone's control. So it's really up to the casters to emphasize or be creative to make those exciting somehow. Totally. Yeah, I had I had the, uh, I'll, I'll call it pleasure of casting the Baiters versus 13 match, <laughs> uh, which uh, I, I had called at about the halfway point that the, uh, baiters were going to go to the other team and cap on themselves uh, to make it a loss. So um, though there was a lot of chaos. It was a, a little difficult to get through that until the end of it as well as a caster, but I'm sure the players were having a ball and even the audience enjoyed, you know, seeing some of the chaos, but um, being so chaotic, it was hard to find a individual thing to kind of focus on but i would agree the the closer matches are obviously much better to cast and much better tension and you know high drama at the end of the match yeah it's it's interesting i i, I think just from the casting perspective at first greg i agree with you because i you know i partook originally in some of the first casts with Bader specifically it was really difficult to figure out like how to best cast it and cover it because it was just so non-traditional but one of the things I started to realize, I think sort of towards the, after the fact, really, is that like, it's almost more of an opportunity because 
because all the players are actually enjoying themselves, which is really all that matters, right? It's sort of an opportunity almost for the casters in a way to like engage with those who are watching the cast a bit more and make that more of like a sort of like, I guess just engaging sort of entertaining like conversation and dialogue while these things are happening. Like there, and there's a bunch of different ways you can do that too. So it's, I don't know if it's necessarily like good or bad, this model of playing, it's just different and and everybody kind of needs to adapt to it. And I, and I agree with that. You know, the, the cast that I did with Doug with Bader's versus 420. um, And I approached Doug with the idea that we would be very one-sided with it to acknowledge Bader's and and how they play as a sign of, you know, like we see you. So we're going to try to, Put the ball back in your court like okay your turn so we, we we casted it from solely the 420 side we did not even acknowledge the fact that baiters was playing and i think it, it was it, it was fun it was fun to do and it it gave us some time to um be creative and i think that embracing that was it's very important and from that aspect are we going to get good matches all the time? No, but can we be creative to the audience? Absolutely. I think that we can do that. I think that's probably one of the most important parts or jobs for us as casters to really work on that, to make it entertaining, even when the games are blowouts or just find, find some kind of interaction with the chat, um, be it some kind of like points betting or talking to them to, like seeing what they think about the strats or something, something to make them more interact, which will keep the entertainment coming. Yeah, we yeah. do a we do a horrible example of that. I think usually at the halftime point where we have people tell me what type of alcohol I should drink for the second match. Um, <laughs> so more of that, but more TFC related. Is it self harm if we make you take a shot every time stack caps? Ooh, that, that could be. That could actually <laughs> be. What if we did that, that for a yeah, for, a yeah. bit, for the next Baders match, I will take a shot. Is that for... against terms of service? I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited to see you guys play. All things aside, Stack versus Baders this Saturday, right? What time is the match? Saturday, uh, 10, 10 Eastern, 7 yep. Pacific. Sweet, sweet. And who's casting that one? Yours truly. Awesome. Twitch.tv slash farm cheese with a Z. Catch that. The, the the long anticipated, at least by me, Battle of the Heavyweights. I'm very curious to see Neon uh what what you guys are gonna do. Look, I'm don't get excited for this match. Any like, bets in the chat? Are, Come are on. People like predictions? Ex- are people expecting us to change? Like are they expecting us to uh like flip hundred eighty? Like a, so, a full flip, like I don't, it, I don't know. It, like we're, we're just gonna play our. Game. I want to speak for Neon real quick on that, and I and I've talked to him, not in depth about this, but he's he's let he's let on he's letting on less than he normally does, and I know that deep down inside what they want to do, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share that. That's just for their team, but don't be surprised if you see some competitive competitiveness come out of this game. Just uh, maybe not in the way that you think it would. <clears throat> we're not trying. I'm not telling. I'm telling you right now, we're not trying. This we're not. We're not changing our game. Neon trying I mean, to lower as, expectations. As much, Smart as move. Much as, as much as I want to beat Stack, I just don't care that much. Yeah, and you know, I think everyone's always played TFC for their own reasons. <clears throat> Each 
clan therefore has played TFC for their own reasons. Why did Cannibal do what Cannibal did? I'm sure that's something we could probably talk for a long time about. They just um, wanted to win. Yeah, wanted Whack. to win. Whack. But uh, I want to actually pivot a little bit towards talking a little bit more about the casting stuff. We just talked about what it's like to cast a, a close match versus not a close match. The importance of engaging no matter what the quality of the match is, which I totally agree with. Um, I'm curious from each of y'all, what have you what have you enjoyed the most about casting these TFC matches? Uh, well, I think for me, it's been the engagement with the community. Um, I have done a lot in terms of setting up a niche for myself and kind of playing into that like as a personality. Um, and then, you know, the give back that I've been able to do a couple weeks in a row, um, albeit, you know, not very much, but it's been something that's been um, enjoyable to me. And in order, and also just to uh, do something that I feel that we all respectively have a, you know, we have a, 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 I don't know the word for it, but we all do it because we're confident that we can do it. And I think that that part is not for everybody. And you're not going to see that out of out of everybody, and that that is that is where I get my excitement from. Is that we enjoy, we we genuinely enjoy doing it. Yeah, I felt that way too. I've, I've really it's been cool the, the giveaways you've been doing. Uh, that definitely noticed those. Uh, I noticed everyone here doing take, taking a little bit of a different approach towards what to do with these casts and how to how to parlay that into what you're doing when you're not casting too. Um, Bow ties, right, Vat? Bow right. ties and it's Atlanta Falcons. Is that the the sports ball team you like? It is the it is the NFL team that I do and have uh, loved for the better part of my life. Yes, so there it is. Uh, and you know, it's Twitch is all about connection, right? So I completely respect that. I feel the the same way. Like I am, um, you know, but even before this casting stuff. Um, I was I was trying to figure out what to do with Twitch. I was doing these um, discussions similar to this um, since January about various things with various people because I just realized that I wanted to do something with my interest in games and the time I was already spending on them. And I love talking about games, so why not talk to people I play games with about games? So here we are. And this is, like, so fun. We're all talking about the game. People are, you know, jerking off in the chat which is expected. And I would, I'd be doing nothing else. Um, who else has a, a, sh a thought to share on this? I think honestly, like my favorite part is the joking around in the chat, like, cause people just say the funniest shit all the time. And it's fun to like riff off of that. A lot of the time, like half of it's like shit talking, half of it's completely off topic. Some people are like asking about the match itself and it's this total like free for all that you can't really ignore. And that almost adds like an element of like uncertainty and sort of like surprise to the cast in itself. That's definitely one of my favorite aspects um, for streaming a little over 10 years and like three months now of primarily TFC. Um, just the community aspect has been amazing. Uh, just as, as you were saying, like you don't know what's going to happen in chat, especially during these matches. And sometimes you'll just glance over and you'll see something really funny and you, you're trying to like keep your composure and keep casting, but sometimes you just can't. And sometimes you can like set that up with uh, one of my casts with Craig. Uh, he had a little nervous breakdown saying 
something about the gap over and over and over. So uh, my chat really <laughs> took to that for a good week or so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's There's nothing really like it, having some kind of overall community, not even just my channel, just the, the entire community of everyone hanging out, watching all the streams. It's It's fun. And not just TFC, I, right? Yeah, I would reiterate that as well, that like the, the interaction, but then also what I like is when someone who hasn't played for 15 years just randomly shows up in the chat and then you get to talk to them about the good old days because they remembered who you were or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So reconnecting with some of these guys that literally still don't play is, is a lot of fun. Or there's people who were just casual pubbers that like to watch for, I don't know, half an hour of watching TFC because it reminded them of their youth. So reconnecting to a bunch of these people that may not even be in our circle is is really cool to, to see. Yeah, I think uh, I've had a bunch of people who have like side interest in TFC over the years, like they know of the game, but then they've seen the cast and then they see other game content that I'm doing and they're like, oh, what's going on here? And now like there are like new TFC fans coming out of that that never would have engaged otherwise before something like Twitch was around. Um, I think that my most favorite stream cameo of anyone has been Master Jeff though. Just having an actually Master Jeff there, the SG WoW man himself was <laughs> quite a moment. SG WoW. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, and Neon, you were talking about how the, the overall community, and I know that that everyone here streams not just TFC. Um, so I'm I'm curious, what kind of effect the resurgence in TFC and casting the beer league matches has had on your casting of other games or on your maybe not TFC centric part of your Twitch communities? Have you noticed any kind of a change? Um, yeah, there's definitely been a change. Um. I mean, and don't I, be modest, Neon. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say like I had like a, a big audience before this happened, but I've had a much larger group of people who do hang around for whatever I do, um, no matter what game or if I'm doing some mapping or what, whatever I seem to do, there's always people around who are interested in something. So it has been good overall, um, this TBL casting in general, since, I mean, we're getting more views altogether. Everyone's interested in what you all have been doing as well. So it's, it's just good. I think it's pretty awesome that like the community that you've grown neon and then the community that Deeg has worked with have kind of all pooled together and they'll follow the other casters as they go off into other things. If somebody happens to be not online. So like neon, you've got your fan base. It's going to be watching you primarily, but if they see that you're not online, they might jump over to my stream or to uh, Deegs or to Vat's stream while that that is online. So we've kind of grown this community together by pooling multiple um, individual communities and then they meet and jump over to the other ones. I completely agree. And that's that's one of the nice things about Twitch too with the entire hosting and rating system because we we can send those people over if we're done with our streams or the auto host feature when we're offline, we're able to help each other as well. So that's a great feature from Twitch. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
Yeah, it's really good, actually, the the watching after the fact, especially for those that are casting, too. Like, I mean, Greg, you and I have casted a number and then watched, like, Neon's cast or, or Vat's cast that have gone on, like, at the same time. Oh, just yeah. to kind of, like, get a, get a, you know, play some catch-up on what happened within that specific match. Yeah, we'll do so. little watch parties of VODs yep. that we couldn't, we couldn't watch live in our Discord. Because it's just, yep. even if you couldn't be there, it's still fun to feel like you're all doing it together. Yeah, and I think one of the, the, the coolest parts of it is exactly what y'all were just saying, that we can all support each other and we can all help each other's communities grow kind of and support each other in that way. Um, I've also really just loved watching what you guys are doing and learning from you. Dion, uh, you're the old man of Twitch in the group. So, you know, you, you and I have talked and I've definitely like, oh, what's, what's Neon doing? I'm watching, I'm watching farm cheese with his bow ties and I'm like, hmm, something there, something there. And then, and then Doug with the garage set, which, which I, I'm, I'm working on getting a replica of to sit right behind me. I think there's potential with that. What have you guys, um, okay, so this is great. Um, so we've also seen the production values of these TFC casts grow over the weeks. Um, from the very beginning where it's like just showing the game, maybe a face, maybe not, to showing a split screen, to having all kinds of other things coming in. What do you guys think, like, do you think that we're at a good place now where it comes to TFC production values, or do you see, like, a next level of what TFC casts can look like? I mean, we're, I feel like we're in a fairly good state. Um, there's definitely things being worked on, which I'm sure you've been enlightened to um, with the in-house. I'm always working, baby. The, um, yep. With the uh, switch over to the flag system on the in-house server, there's possible... Uh, setup spots that you could have that you can hotkey so there's definitely ways to improve um unfortunately we are limited to what we have access to with this engine luckily we do have some leeway, uh, leeway with the uh add-ons but um i feel like we're we're doing well with everything with all the tools we have yeah i really enjoyed um so what neon was specifically referring to is some new spectator toys that Shout out to Azul, the, the TFC oh, technical yeah. wizard, um, has figured out for the in-house server specifically. Number one, the faster spectator speed, which is nice. You can actually follow a scout, which you can't do with default TFC. Yep. And uh, the other thing is uh, the ability to to snap your point of view right to the flag, which is useful for for obvious reasons. Um, what I love about that is, of course, the thing itself. It's a great tool to have as a caster. But I love watching the one thing reinforce the other, right? So the interest in the beer league drives the casts. And the casts, something people watch. And you have the tech wizards like Azul out there watching. And he's like, oh, I can make this better if I do this. And the more we all connect to each other and engage with each other's work, the more we see these little places where we can be like, oh, I can support doing this. I can support doing this. And that's what a community feels like to me. And it kind of like is taking the old school feeling of, um, you know, eight versus eight. Oh, I play engineer. I'm an engineer specialist only. Okay. We're going to go to the engineer to play the engineer on this map, which doesn't really, that kind of approach to TFC is you can't, it doesn't really work anymore. But instead of that, I feel like we've grown up to have like, um, it's almost like Twitch has come in to help, um, bolster the, the, the community that we used to get from the, like the, the client and guild scene to some extent. Yeah, I mean, 
people I think nowadays are just a lot nicer in general, like, and, and generally are a bit more like contributing to the community. I mean, like, admittedly, I was a huge piece of shit back in the day. I mean, I still am, but I was as well. So, um, and it, it's just nice to see everybody just kind of helping each other out a lot. So I think, I think we're dealing with a lot higher testosterone and people thinking that they were better than they were at the time. Uh And that, that was very rampant back in the, so people's egos have kind of been checked at the door a little bit. A little bit of Dunning-Kruger. Most, most, I would say. Most, some exceptions to that rule. I don't know what people were thinking, man. I had no disillusions about being at the bottom of the totem pole when I came back. I was like, I, I fully, like, when people play games for years and years, they get better. Like, especially in a game like TFC, where the skill cap is so ridiculously high. Of course, people are going to keep getting closer and closer and closer mm-hmm. to it. Um, when you left, did you think you were the best is the question. I wanted to be the best. But honestly, the thing I was good at back in the day, which is playing D-Soldier, I was probably never better than, like, the top maybe 5% people who played D-Soldiers. I was never in that top 1%. I was never a reptile. I was never one of those guys. Um, I wanted to be, but um, I've let go of that part of my identity. You know, I'm happy to be someone who's more of a community guy now. I don't need to be good at the game to engage with it anymore. I can do a Twitch stream. I can help organize the league. There's about 15,000 different things I can do because our tool set is so much bigger than it used to be. Mm-hmm. I love Discord, guys. I love Discord. It is such a fantastic application. I worried about sending all my data downstream to it, but I'm trying to turn off that part of my brain so I don't think about it too hard. Um, you know, those guys are, it, those guys could have a lot of dirt on us, y'all. <laughs> but um, I love the ability to stay connected. And I went ahead and threw a bunch of money to upgrade my, my Discord server because I wanted people to start streaming on it. I wanted people to start engaging with it. I wanted people to hang out in the voice chat and feel like they want to talk to each other. And even if TFC isn't going, we got people playing Civilization. We got people playing, um, what's that that mining game we've been playing, Matt? Oh, Deep Rock, Rock Galactic. Yes, that is so fun. Um, and bitching about our work and our wives and talking about COVID and the lockdown, like it's all real shit. And I think that they there is more relevance and importance to those connections that can be made with gaming as a platform than it's given generally in kind of the world we live in yeah it's been fun um i think i set up my discord probably two years ago and just having it's basically an extension of friends for me at least like obviously you have your friends as well but you also grow community of people who grow into those friends that join the server so it's been it's been really nice connecting with people especially those who i haven't talked to in many many years uh discord has been a great program for that compared to dealing with IRC, I'd say. God bless IRC. Thank God it was there when we needed it to be. <laughs> I don't know what we would have done without it, but I'm not sad to see it go. So horrible though nowadays. It's like I had to fire it up the other day for some other reason and it, it's just like so archaic compared to Discord. But it was great back in the day. Well, it's also like super flexible. You can do all kinds of crazy shit with I mean you can with Discord too, but you have to be an API, like an yeah, API developer a little bit to yeah. do anything really cool. Like I'm pretty sure with IRC, you could easily permanently fuck up your computer if you ran the wrong script. Discord, I don't think so. Anyway, so learning TFC, what games have you all enjoyed streaming the most? Um, I have 
kind of gone all over the place for me. I just, um, you know, whatever fancies me at the time. Um, I've done some, uh, uh, a new game called Crucible. I've done Valorant. I've done uh, Minecraft Dungeons. I've done um, pretty much everything. And I think, uh, I don't want to speak for Neon, but Neon's been, um, you know, jumping in and playing with me uh, a couple times with a couple of other games that we've, uh, that we've tried out. So, you know, I think that that outlet and that platform to do that is, is made streaming really fun and very interactive. I've really been enjoying apex legends. I like the, it's the, one of the better battle royales that's still existing. right? So it's been enjoyable. Yeah. I see you Nuki and heat playing late at night a lot. You should play with Fane Raven too. He's a uh, top tier. Him and his I, children. <laughs> Fane is a really good DMer, but he leaves the group and gets into a one-on-three fight, and then, uh, you know, he's, he's somewhere else on the map. A little hard to rein in on on a team-based matchmaking game. Would you it's say all that open fire three v three experience? That's that's yeah. where, it's, where it's coming out. <laughs> he's just trying to be a solo death squad. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um. I, I think one of my favorite things that I've actually streamed quite a bit was I did a whole playthrough, not all at once, but a whole playthrough of Alex and streamed that entire thing. Uh, and I looked like an asshole while I was doing it because nobody looks very, uh, nobody really looks very elegant when they, when they do VR, but that was pretty interesting, especially cause I was getting like all these random people that can't afford VR headsets or don't own VR headsets that want to like see what the game was actually like. Um, so that was actually pretty fun to cast that playthrough. I think Pigeons and I actually just had talked about doing a, a casting, potentially a hard playthrough before my VR headset died. So, uh, For me, I mean, I, I'd probably say 90% of my streaming is TFC or something TFC related. Uh, but beyond that, um, I tend to do a lot of either single player games that I want to play or ones that my friends tend to recommend me. And um, I've been doing that for almost three years now, and it's it, the list is getting huge. And I don't know if I could pick even one game out of that entire list that I enjoyed more than another. It's just, it's been fun just going through so many different games, just and that being a nice break from TFC. I'd say from how much I play it, it's good to have a break from TFC. Yeah. You know, um, I've been feeling that too. I think that for me. I just love playing community games. Anything that, that where there's a community engagement factor beyond just watching. So another game that I have a lot of personal lore in is the Planet Side franchise. And I've actually been... Um, a guy I interviewed yesterday, uh, Nick Wallet, is the project lead on Planet Side Forever, which is a project to create a Planet Side 1 emulator. And it's like 90% done. You can log in and play Planet Side 1, which is... Not to most people's taste. It's a very unique game, but there's a small, passionate community around it. And whenever I play with those guys, I always have a, a fucking blast. Um, I think that tapping into those those really core, passionate communities, like the TSC one, is really, really fun. Because you tend to get the most, um, let's say, interesting people <laughs> in, in them. That's been my experience. I actually watched a little bit of that. I don't remember... It was yesterday or the day before, um, but it was because I have very limited experience with uh, Planet Side One. I've done, I've played quite a bit of Planet Side Two, so it's kind of I know you're Planet Side Two player. Me. 
I don't play it too much. I haven't played much uh, recently. We should jam sometimes. We could do that. Sure. And but yeah, I mean, it, it's it was nice to go back and see kind of what Planet Side One was like. Yeah. If uh, those of you who were on the stream before we started, you might have heard some Planet Side One music in the background. That's what I was playing. Cool. So yeah, like this Twitch thing really, I think, puts TFC in a different light. Um, let's maybe pivot the conversation back towards a few more TFC things before we move on to some of the community Q&A stuff. Um, I did send out a solicitation for community questions. People wanted to ask things. Actually, I should probably go ahead and drop that in the chat now see if we can get some more fun ones. Quote, unquote, I'm so fun. Ex- I'm so excited for this Q&A. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> we have quite a few questions actually uh, already, but we get some more good ones. Should we cover uh, the boat question first? Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> Before we do the Q&A, though, I have a few more TFC th- things I just want to touch on. Um, and it's kind of high-level stuff. So I want to get kind of a straw poll going. I think that it's hard to put two different, re- two different possibilities here at the end of a spectrum of this question, but I want to try. Um, and the question is, will the TFC resurgence last? I feel like no matter what happens, in-house is going to keep being in-house because it was here before all this anyway. There's no reason for that shit, for that to change. But there's a lot of other parts of what we're doing that could change. The organized clans playing league matches is what I'm talking about. So the big question in my mind is, once things open up, once people are really able to resume their lives as they were before the lockdown and the quarantine, can we have a TFC league with clans and clan identity continue? I want to go around the clock. So um, starting with, uh, with farm cheese what do you think well i think that you have to look at it from two different perspectives uh the first being why did tfc die to begin with tfc died for a lot of reasons uh i think the biggest knife or the dagger in the heart for tfc was wow uh, and i don't know that a lot of people know that or think of that but it it's it's what pulled a lot of people that i know away from tfc me included um, and and the other aspect is that people grew up and people moved on and people decided to do other things with their lives or other things with their, you know, video gaming uh, careers. And I think that those things, you know, have come to, um, they, they, they've, they've come full circle almost. A lot of people are here now because we were like, wow, it's back. It's, uh, you know, it was a chance for nostalgia as a chance to, you know, talk to people you haven't talked to in 15 plus years. And it's a chance to play a game in the same fashion that we used to play. And I think that that was the biggest, that was the, that was the biggest attractor. So looking at those two uh, aspects of the question, I think that things going forward were not, will not be the same uh, as they were in the past. I think that regardless of, what the community shakes out after things reopen, it'll be very different. And so I think from my perspective, if you are to say that, or if you're to ask the question, I don't know that you can answer it just one way because our definition of will it last is going to be very different uh, from one person to the next. So will it last? Yes. How will it last? That's very cloudy at this point. Good answer. Neil? Yeah, I feel like that kind of hit what I wanted to. Um, TFC, the resurgence will stick around in some way. If it's um, 
either people still watching or just staying around a pub or even some people staying around for season two. Um, if there is a season two, of course. Um, it's it's hard to say because we don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, this pandemic kind of or might have even shaped this to be a little bigger than we expected. Um, so when that ends, maybe there'll be a little bit less. <clears throat> but I mean, I think this experience overall, with how large everything has become, I think no matter what happens after, I think we all should be happy with what everyone has done. Everyone who's come back, reconnected, played. I think that's all we can be grateful for. Agreed. Yeah. Doug? Yeah, I mean, um, my perspective is that there will be some people who are just transient and here for one one season or, uh, you know, some people have already left and they're not going to stick around. Um, but there will be some people who have rekindled the fire of wanting to play it and make it their hobby again. Like we've seen one of my long-term clan members, uh, Rice Krispies, come back. He was playing a whole bunch of other games, and then he decided to pick this one up, and he's he's getting you know back to his skill set that he was really quickly. So there, there's going to be certain one-off players that are going to be back in the community fold that wouldn't have been around without this um, you know, league and epidemic and all this other stuff. So I think we're building a little bit stronger of a long-term community, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if half of the, you know, 130 player pool is not around in six months from now. Like that wouldn't completely surprise me, but I, I hope it doesn't go that way. But um, it, it's very possible that that could happen. How many players do you think, Doug, we need to keep a league of some kind going? I think you really only need a like six to seven league with eight or nine players on each clan. So, I mean, you need about 70 people to keep a, a league going with any competitive you know, nature to it. And if you get down to a community of 60 or 70 people, I think that then you can definitely start to skill-based rank some teams or have a lottery system or, um, you know, some sort of salary cap system or whatever you're going to come up with to make it a little bit more of a play, playing field once we get into a community that starts to understand each other's skill sets. And that that's kind of what happened in Australia. Like Australia had their league uh, fairly late. Like they, they only stopped playing about two years ago, but they had a league of about five clans in it. And they, uh, they had a draft system to pick the people in the teams. And then within that draft, what would happen is that the whatever you would call it your fourth best player in a 4v4 whoever started to get the best on your team so your let's call them your worst player who started to accelerate and become middle of the pack made your team so much better than the other team whose worst player never really evolved in skill set so it was really cool to see you pick a kind of newer uh, lower level skilled player as your fourth slot and then his skill set kind of evolved so the community became pretty tight-knit but unfortunately they just got to the point where they just ran out of players because they just didn't have the population base to sustain it so didn't know about that hm. yeah Matt? i mean west coasters were fortunate enough to be able to play in uh you know north american pickups and australian pickups. but we got screwed for euro <laughs> you could play with 120 ping it didn't hurt you're playing with 180 in Australia. Are people playing? Yeah, lucky yeah. you. When I was playing in Australia, when they were doing those tournaments a couple of years ago, uh, three, four years ago, 
being on as far east coast as you can pretty much be minus uh maine in some parts of canada uh i was getting around 280 pings so that was <laughs> quite the experience that's a hell up i played when i played euro i was living in alaska at the time and it was like 250 on average or something like that un- unbelievable so the game fully breaks down at that mm-hmm. point it's it's ridiculous yeah <laughs> um so yeah i mean i think uh, and this is a little bit subjective to you but i have a feeling that i don't think it's going to last past the pandemic very much there's going to be some people that stick around um but it is I think it's just something because people are kind of stuck inside in general. I mean, admittedly, and this is just myself speaking, like I can sense my own interest in playing waning a bit just because there's so many other games, right? Um, And I just, you know, would rather play some of those ones at the time. And I like the casting side thing. I like the sort of camaraderie of it, but I I expect to see a bit of a dip off once things open up. I mean, using Rice Krispies is a great example too, because he said it in our matches multiple times that like he is basically going to just completely disappear again as soon as he has to go back to work. So, because he has a traveling job and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know how many people are going to actually stick around. And I I just want to add one thing to that though, is we are a lot more connected than we used to be. And I know that I've forged friendships on this kind of a go around, if you want to call it that with uh, people that I never even thought that I would forge friendships with. And that right there, when I talk about the community aspect being more than the game itself is, I think that's the part that a lot of people don't look at. Yeah. We can go play new games. Yeah. We, you know, we may have interest kind of wane in TFC, but, we're all connected still. We have Discord mm-hmm. on our phones. We have Discord on our computers. And we all talk to each other on a daily basis. Yeah, people will fall off the earth once again, but to the aspect that it did in the past, no. Because back then, we were united by the catacombs. Uh, that died, and then, you know, TFC kind of, that was it. The community was gone. And we don't need the forums anymore. Yeah, it's up, but we have Discord. We have you know, the ability to message someone right away if we want to talk to them. And I think that in in the um, the heart, that's the heart of TFC to me, so. Word. Works well said. Yeah, getting back involved with the community doesn't mean reinstalling IRC anymore, which uh, no one liked. I certainly didn't. Uh, just to offer my, my thoughts as the last year on the rotation, um, I think that we have to think about any future of TFC based on events like what we're doing right now here today. So an eight versus eight TFC match has 16 people playing, right? And maybe there's a few more in the loop, people who help the team practice, maybe 20 people altogether. Um, this stream run right now, there's the five of us and there's 30 people watching, maybe 25 if you count all five of us. I don't know. And that's going to fluctuate over time, of course. That right there is more engagement over TFC than any one TFC match could have had back in the day. And if you I, te- can, I can say that for a fact. Yeah. And if you talk about the casts, that's another level altogether. Counting all, all the players and all the viewers, these casts have had 100 people engaged with TFC at the same time and connected to each other. And when you're in those events together, Things can happen. You can get connected over Discord. You can talk about a different game. You can be like, oh, you like this game? Let's play this game. You can talk about your fascination with um, with furniture. 
like Matt, and connect over that. <laughs> we have uh, three well-defined categories on our Discord. Uh, watches, keyboards, and audiophile. People who like talking about things that are not, that are specific, but not games. And there are people in the loop that aren't TFC players, but we're all connected that way. So the league and the clans might go. It will be a sad day when that happens. I gotta say, I love clans. I love clan identity. I love the rivalries that come with it. I think that can't be replaced, but we can build something strong in its place by being connected to each other with Discord and Twitch and working together. And I think that's that makes me excited. I completely agree. On that note, I think that uh, we might be now getting to the point where we can move into some Q&As. So I sent over the, the Q&A list to all five of you guys, all four of you guys, four plus one, me. Um, do you guys want to pick a question that you want to answer and go for it? Or do you want me to run through them myself? I'm happy to pick them. I think you should uh, share this. Oh, it's um, it's in the uh, the studio text. Uh, no, don't let him pre-read. You should just surprise him. All right, all right. Yeah, We're just, just gonna. It's, it's yeah, even yeah. better. I'll pilot yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pilot it. Yep. I'll pilot it. All right. So questions from across the TFC community. People want to know the following. Picking a question. Okay. Starting simple. Very TFC question. How have the returning players found playing against the Neverlefts? Are the people who've been playing for five straight years playing against the comebacks from some anonymous person? It's a great uh, name for it. I guess the 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 question being is what is the opinion of people who have just come back playing yeah. against the people who have never stopped playing? Is that the, yeah? Is that and, and also and also reversed? Yeah, that's correct. Um, well, I think for me as a person who's just come back, I um, you know you. I don't, I don't really have a, a personal opinion of it, I, I don't think. I think that, yeah, like, yeah, cool, you're good at TFC. That's great. And when I play against people who've um, been playing forever, you can definitely tell, like, the skill gap between someone who's just come back. But, I mean, I don't think it's very life-defining for me. I think that my opinion of it, though, is is kind of shared. It's kind of what other people feel. There's a, there's a few others out there that take it a little personally, and um, they've made it well known that they don't you know they don't agree with how things are set up and the fact that people have been playing forever but you know it is what it is on that i suppose as someone from the other side um i'm all for uh playing with those who just come back uh helping them maybe even showing them some of the new stuff that people have found out or like the new styles of how people play um i personally really like to have more even games than blowouts for say pickups or something so i always kind of try to play down if possible which you can kind of see with the the baiters matches uh with like various play styles and everything so i i just i try and do my best to involve everyone who wants to be involved with and just make sure everyone is is happy and has fun yeah i'll i'll, I'll go i'll go back to the other side of the fence. So we can, we can skip back and forth. Um, I'm, I'm a returning player. Um, I played my last TFC match in 2005, I think. Um, and maybe did a couple of OVDs after that, but it was pretty much gone by 2000, 2006. And uh, I expected everyone to be gods, and I wasn't let down. Um, what did le let me down is that there were no more guild tags. 
we just got to start our own now. Let's I know. It. So I mean, there has been new guilds. Yeah, Haven't we got the seen, Tiger uh, King. We've seen DPD. Deadpack Daddies. We have Nate Scout. Yep. Tiger um, Kings, Meat Slappers. What other guilds are we missing? What what, what else is out there? Meat Slappers, uh, Tiger Kings, which is a, a pun on Tiger Scouts. Deadpack Daddies, obviously. Demo Men. What was the other one you mentioned, Neon? Oh, Nate Scout. Nate Scout, yep. Which is uh, more... Every time... Every more, time you grenade a scout, you have to you have to announce that uh, you naded the scout. <laughs> See, I just yell skill like that was a skill play. How else are you going to stop the scouts? Yeah, skill. Speaking honestly, though, like the the scouts have always been fast, but like the speed of a modern skilled scout in TFC is astonishing. It's I think it's faster than almost anything else you can play in a competitive shooter to shoot against a yeah. freaking moving scout who knows what they're doing. Tracer is about the closest thing to it, but it still is like more in bursts than just consistent speed. I'd say Tracer can't get across the map in a quarter second. Right, right. The probably the only other game that I could probably relate to the scout speed, but in a more massive scale would be tribes. Just the offensive capper routes that they run. Uh, You go so incredibly fast. But that's a completely different style of game. Uh, just traversing an entire map versus a small kind of two-base arena. So it, it kind of gets overshadowed. It's like... Doug, what's your feeling been on coming back, uh, playing against some of the uh, returning players? Yeah, I mean, it's really enjoyable to see the amount of people who've come back. And I'd been trying to get a whole bunch of people to get back. Like I've been messaging... Uh, rug cutter and a whole bunch of the guys that were in the tda list uh to try to get them to come back and get their get back into the fold it's really cool to see them come back because i know that they're inherently talented players that if they you know put a little bit of time in they'll be right there with at least middle of a pack play within a couple months if they if they dedicated the time to it so i'm i'm excited i'm hoping that there'll be people that kick or stick around um, but it is right now, I mean, it, it is a, a little bit of a, a walking on for anybody who plays against these, uh, what do you want to call them? Tryhards, never lefts, whatever you're, you're calling these people. So it is a little bit of a, a cakewalk against them, but we're not trying to rub it in anyone's face. It's just inherently how it would be if we walked into another game that we haven't played in 10 years. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. It's a featherweight fighting a heavyweight. Just nothing anyone can do about it a uh, question yeah. for neon and doug though like other than like showing up and playing it in-house maybe asking you guys for like some of those elusive tips like neon was talking about if you are a returning player who wants to get good again is there anything specific you guys would recommend or any thing people can plug into in general that's out there sadly no um tfc really has a lack of guides or resources to show current TFC. Um, It's more hook up with someone and really kind of learn from them. Uh, Like I was saying, like just figuring out new, showing new things to do. Um, I've been trying to do that with a few people uh, with a speedometer from a server add-on to help with bunny hopping. Hmm. And yeah, there's, there's, a lot of things that you can do that aren't well known to help those who are interested in learning. 
in in my opinion, if you're trying to get back into it or trying to learn, I mean, watching players at a high skill level is going to give you the ability to pick up some of the tips and tricks that they're doing. Like, I can watch even a, uh, you know, a video of someone who is equal or lesser skill and maybe pick up one of the tricks that they do because they have a different way of attacking a map than I do. And you just kind of start to bring those into your rep repertoire and start building that into your own gameplay. And then you can become a hybrid of their gameplay and your gameplay and kind of learn and adapt. So the real only problem I have with that is especially for players that haven't played previously, um, there's a lot of intricacies that TFC has compared to maybe more modern games that those viewers have come from. So there, you see someone jumping really fast. Why are they jumping over and over and over across the entire map? You have to explain that because maybe someone from T or TF2 or Overwatch doesn't really understand that because it's such an archaic old system. So it, it it's different if it's someone coming back to TFC compared to someone who's come from a different game completely, maybe a completely different genre, and mm -hmm. is interested in the game or the competitive side. Yeah, I feel like one of the, the main things that holds back anyone who wants to try TFC, and I actually had this experience with a coworker of mine who just was like, yeah, screw it, I'll try it. And I've been like, wait a second, you need a jump script before you can play. <laughs> like, you just can't learn the game without it. Um, it's a simple thing, but... Um, that simple thing unlocks the entire game, at least as I know it, to my level, which is not even up to what you guys do. So yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe depending on how this thing goes forward, maybe it's you know we're 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 creators. We're in a position to help guide people who want to learn. Maybe there's an opportunity there to um, make some content or create some ways for people to pair up. Um, I don't know. Like when I want to when I want to play TFC, I want to be good at it too. But, uh, but I don't always know what the best way to do that is. Um, and I can just play my friends a lot, too, who are usually about the same skill I am. So it's not necessarily the best way to get good. Uh, last week, I think it was, I tried jumping into an in-house. Uh, and I got stuck on playing D-Soldier on Phantom. And boy, was that was that a learning experience. Actually, actually, I'm not sure if I actually learned anything from that. But it was sure something. <laughs> You learned to stay at button because I kept yelling at you to stay at button. I kept wanting to go back into the flag room and chase because I felt so bad about letting someone buy. It was my guilt. <laughs> TFC coaching. Okay. So let, let's move on. Other, oh, wait. Uh, Matt, I didn't give you a chance to respond to the, the prompt about fighting the, the never lefts. You want to uh, add anything? I think it's great, to be honest. Like, as I came back, because it's, it's one of those things. It's a very, what's the word I'm looking for? uh not humiliating sorry my brain is fried right now humbling that's the word i was looking for it's a very humbling experience to kind of come back and play against these people because in a way i always prefer to have like a challenge against someone who's better than me in any game that i play i love playing games on like very high difficulties i love playing against people that are better me better than me because that's the way that you get better like it's just sort of the reality of it and to see this evolution come now like i think that I'm not nearly as good as I was back in the day when I was playing significantly more, but I think that my ramp up was faster because I was playing against people that are better, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I don't know. I feel like I'm a lot, I'm better than I was back in the day and I'm not great in the great pantheon of things, but everyone has a different perception of their skill, I guess. Cool. Next question. Um, this is from Adam. 
uh, better known as Enforcer. He asks, do you guys follow the Euro scene at all? And if so, who stood out and impressed you the most from that scene, clan and uh, player-wise? So much space is... Lover. Uh, it's always Space Lover. No, stop. He's, he's the king. I'm not sure if this is referring to current or past, but yeah, any any of you guys got any... Um... It has to be past because there is no Euro scene anymore. Right. So the Euro TFC clan, like match, the last one that was played was over, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago. So they... When you say match, do you mean match or like pickup? Pickup. Like even their pickup scene is, oh, is wow. dead. So the remaining Euros play every once in a while in in-house in 420. That's that's whoever's left. So, um, yeah, I mean, they they had a lot of talented players. They had a lot of really skilled guys. Um, Cali Mist might have been the best scout playing at one point. They had uh, TPM was really good. Um, Tortuga's insane. Um, yeah, they, they, they had a bunch of really good players that we would play against. So... Uh, but there was lots of times where the East Coast in-house players would play the Euro pickups and then segue all the way through until in-house played. So there was groups that just could play all day. They'd play a Euro pickup, then an RG pickup, then a, a in-house pickup, and then Australian pickup. You'd play in like different continents all day. Are we seeing many folks from those old, old non-US-based communities coming back now? I mean, there's... There has been a couple. I mean, Enforcer himself, um, yeah. who asked the question. Um, there have been some people who have come and gone, um, especially from what I've seen streaming, uh, them popping in. I've been uh, noticing, too, but, uh, a bit of a Brazilian scene bubbling up. Uh, South America, yeah. Um, specifically, the Argentinians. Um, they had a fairly big scene uh, a couple of years ago, around five years ago, and they kind of dissipated for a bit there's always been the couple four or five that have stuck around um but yeah they just got their own server and it's it's filled all the time again cool yeah love our our bros from other other regions okay um moving on to the next community question we have one or two more serious questions and then we can move on to fun stuff so um here's a good one bit of a thought experiment to what extent do you think the tfc landscape would have been different if social media and services like YouTube and Twitch have been around during TFC's early years, this is asked by an anonymous person. I mean, I feel like it'd be fairly similar to now with a larger audience, um, especially with the the previous Winamp casts that we had uh, back in the day. Um, having the the video systems that we do now um, really elevate it. So having it back then would have been better. It might have even kept the entire scene of the game around for a bit longer since it would have had that larger outreach. Yeah, I think the the it's the visibility side that's probably the biggest difference. Like the one thing is that th this type of community did exist. There was a huge community of creators that existed. I mean, like I learned to video edit from making AVIs back in like 2002. And there was a ton of people that did all of this stuff. And it wasn't just because YouTube didn't really exist. Like people were just uploading a AVIs to different FTPs and stuff like that. So like you didn't quite get the same distribution that you have today, but the actual content was there. And, and every now and then, Greg, I know we, we went through a thing a few weeks ago where we watched all those old play of the weeks. Like yeah. that's a great example of something that it's totally like happens nowadays. Right. So um, yeah, I think it's just, I, I think, you know, Neon made a good point. It's just 
more awareness. Like more people would probably be playing the game as a result. Yeah. I think it's hard to place TFC into that world in my head because TFC is such a product of the time that it was developed, right? It was, I think, the first game that did classes this way for shooters. Um, and class design got copied and eventually became hero design. And it's those hero shooters and hero games that have really blossomed with Twitch. Um, but it's a fun thought experiment. I don't know. I always felt like I wanted to stay hooked in with um, with people I knew through TFC in a better way, in ways that I can now that I couldn't then. I always found it frustrating. I think I, I feel like I drifted away from people who I wanted to stay in touch with just because I stopped playing TFC, which is now not a problem that we have. And that, that changes a lot, I think. And if we could have had that reality exist when the player base was a few thousand instead of a few, instead of, you know, about a hundred. Um, I don't know. It makes me a little sad for having lost touch with people that we have, but we were also kind of privileged to be there at a time where, where people were still figuring out what the heck online gaming was going to be like, you know, it's kind of a unique OG perspective. Mm -hmm. Anyone else want to take a stab at that one? I, I think that, <clears throat> what's changed the most isn't necessarily the platform that games are um, advertised and played on, but it's, it's why people play games now. Uh, and I can't, you know, speak for anyone else, but you've noticed a trend in esports and the community around esports that people want to get into these games, these first person shooters or competitive games, and they want to be the best so they can go and compete at a high level. And they're going to show off their skill too through Twitch or Mixer or whatever YouTube. And I don't, I don't think that TFC necessarily was about that. And I think that it was uh, rooted deeper in the community. And I don't know that it would have been different, um, especially because we still had, you know, the ability to meet up on uh, <clears throat> the 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 casts that were done on like TFL Thursday nights and um, HLTV stuff like that. I think that those are in in itself kind of the same thing that we're doing now, just on a uh, different platform. So I don't I don't know that it would have been much different. Well, I I think what gets built on the Twitch platforms is two things: either you're either watching the skill based players or you're watching a personality. And those are kind of what get built on the, the Twitch platform. And I think that both, both of them could get built within the TFC community. And I think we did miss out on, you know, the one or two people that could have maybe made it uh, big being a TFC personality that then could have ported over to another game as soon as that was the game that caught fire or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't necessarily think that it would have, like, caught this game on fire forever it wouldn't have been that way it, they just would have moved on to the next big thing as a personality who had a tfc base and maybe played it every once in a while and got some got some stream eyes on team fortress classic yeah it's a fun thing to think about okay uh let's have another question see a lot of these are things we've already gone over so props to folks who have foreseen those questions um okay this would be the last serious question um I'm going to try to break it down. It's from Frizz, our glorious league administrator. And he wants to ask us, looking ahead to season two of the Beer League, which, you know, we've talked about the future of TFC. So if season two is something that comes to pass, what style of play interests people? Knowing that today we're playing six versus six, mainly CTF. 
some suggestions he's making of is, of course, 8v8, 9v9. I think we all would love to play that way. Is that something people would like to do? Do you think it's feasible? Also, what other kinds of play styles would people like to see? More command point? Um, what about OVD? Uh, if the beer league went from being uh, a full CTF game to being OVD purely, would people be still be interested? Um, let's let's try to we've, we've talked about all these different modes and their ups and downs a little bit. So let, let's try to keep it focused to what beer league season two could be. And uh, anyone who wants to jump in, please do so. Um, I mean, I think everyone's kind of expecting like an AV or nine v nine resurgence for next season. Um, I do want to throw out as someone who started competitive TFC, uh, some attack versus defend maps, uh, case hour, Avanti, cornfield, anything like that. Um, I feel like it's very underrepresented in the scene, especially of late. Uh, it's a lot of fun requires quite a bit of teamwork, especially different teamwork than, uh, CTF games in general. I would play some ADL maps. There's a lot of fun in those. I think that, um, when I was first coming back, when the, when the beer league was just starting up and I was just doing random pubs with people, with some of my friends, some of the maps we had the most fun on just playing around on were like uh, Warpath and Avanti. Uh, Warpath being a kind of linear command point map and Avanti being a just great attack defend. Well, such, such, it's really fun playing those. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I need to adhere to CTF the way I did back in the day. I had an identity back in the day of I'm a CTF clan player and, you know, I don't play ADL, but I think most people are more open to it. Do you guys feel that way too? Yeah, I'd love to see ADL's command point uh, run-based map. Like, I love those maps. I've always loved them. Um, but you need to throw them in as a variable, not as a mainstay, I think, is what you'll get. People who Variety. don't mind it or, yeah, or, or the people who are dead set against it and don't know how to play them and don't want to learn how to play them. You can have those guys on your roster. They just kind of have to grit and, you know, grit their teeth and bear through it. But uh, they don't want to see it on week in, week out unless they actually make um, they actually make a league or a, a designation specifically for it. Repairman just asked when the last time in-house played uh, CZ2. Um, we played Run and um, Epicenter and a couple other like non-traditional maps whenever we get 8v8 players in the, in the server. Which really? Is, yeah um Wheaties and i played epicenter uh he played scout on the other team i played scout and i beat him twice in a row back to back so he's uh he's, he says i got carried i'm not i'm not so sure but um yeah run as well i mean they're they're a lot of fun i, I we really enjoy those I, I love scrummage but a lot of people hate that map so <laughs> yeah yeah i'm a huge fan of anything command point cc2 canal zone even run all those maps I, I just love that style of the game. Uh, things going on in so many different directions. And uh, it, it's it's an inherently, it's a format that I think has a lot more um, dirtiness to it compared to try to get the flag, try to defend the flag, because there are many different points of contention. I always like that. What about OVD for Beer League? How do people feel about that? I think I think the one thing that you would hurt with OVD in the beer league is the number of players that are able to be on each team would be the only issue with it. Mm -hmm. um, the the format is actually what I prefer, but at the same time, you would lose multiple teammates essentially. Like you could you could literally have a clan of four active 
playing every game players if it was 4v4 OBD. So you wouldn't need as intricate of a, of a roster. But I do think that if the uh, roster sizes start to get down and there are threats of people disbanding, that if TFC had pivoted to 4v4 a little bit earlier, like 2006 or so, that it would have lasted probably another four or five years not as popular as it was in the heyday but it would have it would have had a little bit longer of a league um stay so i think it i think it's a defensive mechanism that might be needed at some point but i don't think it's something that you'd want to pull right out of the gate unless you were threatened of potential league shutdown or something Mm. any thoughts matt no i think so for you for i think it's probably a good idea if specifically like because this is something that Doug t- touched on earlier is that you have a lot of people now that still have that sort of specialty that they play. Um, and I think it's going to require a bit more time investment of the people that are actually participating in the league to make a 4v4 format work. I think it would be a good thing personally, but I don't know if it would necessarily be successful. Yeah, I kind of feel that way a little too, Matt. From my side of things, I, I tend to find OVD something hard to get passionate about. Um being good at TFC turns out doesn't matter as much to me as, as, as I thought it might. And I like the ability to, I like the full format. People can specialize a little bit. You can have extra people on your team who are there for specific roles. Um, someone who's like in an, in an 8v8 or 9v9 clan, someone who just wants to run flags and command point maps. And that's what they're good at. I know it's kind of ridiculous. Like that skill set overlaps with others. Mm-hmm. But when you open up more specialties, and make room in the format for people to be able to be on those rosters, it means you can have a bigger community. And not everyone has to know how to play soldier and medic. Yeah. Um, which to some people is great. People want to be good at those classes. I like those classes too. But not everyone wants to... Some people just want to play what they're good at or fulfill their niche. And when you have a niche, it's an easy way for people to feel included and wanted without having to be so good. Which... Mm-hmm makes for a bigger more varied game and for a bigger more varied clan scene which we all benefited from way back in the day when you had 15 to 20 players playing a match which let's look at other modern team-based shooters they're all going for very small team sizes because it's much easier to organize i saw a whole talk from um the guy doing a diabolical uh james i can't think of his last name talking about yeah, that's right. That's right. And he was talking about the merits of um, one of the team formats being 3v3 or 4v4. About you have to have three to have a team format that's varied and interesting. But four is better in terms of the actual match. But it makes everything harder to organize. Everything. And it's just not worth that organization tax, which we all paid up to a certain point in the old clan scene. And then eventually that tax got to be too heavy. And then things move away from the leagues to OVD where it's much easier to bear. I mean, there's a lot of dynamics, but I think that as soon as you talk about going away from a full format, I think you lose a lot of the necessary details that makes TFC interesting. There's always going to be room for OVD, but if that's all it is, I think people like me are going to lose excitement. All right, boys, I've got a heart out, so uh, really good chatting with you, but uh, i got to drop off here. Good game, Doug. Take care. Thanks for for joining us. Yeah, take care, everybody. Twitch.tv slash DougTCK. I'll give him a follow. Take care. I'm going to have to follow that up as well. I appreciate everything. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Neon. 
VR. Greg, appreciate it. That was Thanks, a good chat. And, that, uh, you guys have a good night. Twitch.tv slash farm cheese for that, gent. Let's just call it a night, boys. This has been a good long chat. Lots of fun. Um, Neon and Matt, why don't you guys plug yourselves and then we'll call it. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Matt Devincenzi. If you can't spell that, just click on my name and Twitch. <laughs> and, uh, you can just find me at twitch.tv slash neonlight underscore TFC. Um, I don't really do any social media or anything, or unless you want to look at my YouTube, which you can find from my Twitch page as well. Thanks, guys. Of course, you guys know me. I'm here. You're on my channel. YouTube and Twitter is the thing, too. You can hit um, exclamation point Discord in the, twi in, in, in the Twitch chat to get access to my Discord, which is where all the good stuff goes down. Um, and yeah, we'll be back with more TFC, more not TFC. We're casting again on Friday. I'll be back definitely watching the Saturday night match between Neon and Doug to see who can out-troll the other or win or something. It's a big question mark. That'll be on Farm Cheese's channel, twitch.tv slash farm cheese. Uh, farm cheese? Blech. Whatever the case, watch all these guys, engage with all their content, keep playing TFC, and if you don't, keep talking to each other. That's all I got to say. Thanks, guys. Have a great night, guys. Thanks. Bye.